sort of introduced, but uh, thanks for coming, Marg. Please, let's just give her a welcome now as she comes. And uh, maybe, Tom, do you want to grab the, can you grab the pulpit for me? Thanks, Mandy. Uh, we'll grab a, a pulpit for you. Thank you. And um, I'm excited to hear a bit more about what's been happening with Operation Christmas Child and all things Samaritan's Purse. Um, Thank you, Mark. All right, thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you very much for the invitation. And can I say on behalf of Samaritan's Purse, thank you to each one of you who have packed shoeboxes over the years. You are great supporters of us in this church and you've done many hundreds of shoeboxes over the years. So we really uh, appreciate that. I hope by the end of today you'll have an even fuller understanding of what your shoebox has helped to achieve. And particularly I wanted to thank Carol who does such a great job job always coming up every year with a creative theme to launch Operation Christmas Child so that it's always fresh so well done Carol and for all the work you do behind the scenes in that and also to Richard and Jenny who act as our drop-off points in Colac at Anne Ray Hope uh, you'll have seen their displays and posters and so on it's great to have a central location in the community where people can drop off their shoe boxes and hear a bit of, more about the ministry of Samaritan's Purse Last year, Victoria sent 54,408 shoeboxes overseas. Isn't that amazing? Just give yourself a pat on the back or the person beside you <laughs> because you helped make that happen. Australia-wide, we sent 327,451 shoeboxes and worldwide, we sent over 11 million just last year. That's a lot of children uh, that are blessed, isn't it? Because it's not just about the gifts, it's about the children receiving them. Our shoeboxes from Victoria went to Cambodia, Thailand, New Guinea, and you'll be very excited to know that I just sent the last container to the Philippines. <laughs> and that's the first time that Victoria has sent uh, shoeboxes to the Philippines, so I thought that's great timing. If you want to see a story that will make you cry about a little girl who lives on a tip in, in the Philippines receiving a shoebox, go to our website, operationchristmaschild.org.au. It's an amazing story of how she kind of accidentally received a shoebox and how that impacted her. But I thought it would be much better for you to watch the children saying thank you than hearing it from me. So we're just going to check out the video now.
bring those Operation Christmas style boxes into this community. It becomes such a blessing for the little kids. Having these boxes and loving all the things inside, these boxes speak more than the words we show them that we love them. We want to fill that gap to show them that God loves them, but we have to stand together and work together because we are human beings. I get the fun part of going and giving out the shoe boxes and a journalist asked me recently, what's it like? And I had to think about that and I said, well, it's like joy on steroids. Uh, you know, you know what Christmas is like for our kids and yet to give these gifts uh, filled shoe boxes to children who uh, many have never had a gift in their life, most of them. I want to talk to you today. Many of you know what goes into a shoe box. Can you tell me what the six categories are that go into a shoe box? Something to love, something to play with, something to wear. Yes, yeah, something for education, something for hygiene and something special. Those are the six categories, so well done. It's as easy as grabbing a shoebox, you know, purchasing those six things. Sometimes people make things to wear, you know, I'm not as clever as that, but if you are, fantastic. Um, put them in a box, put your $10 project costs in, send it, drop it off to Richard and Jenny at Anne Ray Hope or to Carol. Uh, they send it to us and then we take it overseas. That's what goes into a shoebox. But what I want to talk to you today is what comes out of a shoebox because you may not realise what comes out. And, you know, those numbers are pretty impressive, 11, over 11 million worldwide just last year and uh, Operation Christmas Child has sent 157 million shoe boxes since we started 25 years ago. So that's a lot of kids that are blessed but I just want to tell you the story of one young woman that I met last year uh, and she would be in her late 20s now and I met her in Orlando, Florida of all places and she was telling me the story of how she received a shoebox as a child and the impact it had on her. She grew up in Ukraine under the communist regime and her dad was a pastor and so things were fairly tough for them. It was a communist regime, it wasn't a great time to be a pastor. And not only that, uh, she had eight siblings. So there's nine children in the family and the pastor had you know, very limited income as it was uh, things were very tough for them and Nadia told me what it was like. She came from a very loving home but she said her mum used to do the washing in the bathtub uh, in Ukraine. You can imagine what a winter is like there and she remembers her mum's hands being cracked and bleeding because she was always washing in the cold water in the bathtub and then hanging the washing for 11 people around the house and she said sometimes the washing would freeze before it actually dried. So that was the conditions that they were in and certainly they were not not used to giving, uh, receiving gifts. It was all they could do to uh, put food on the table. And there were many times she said her mum would just pray and ask God that food would come. Uh, and of course it would. So they were not expecting any presents at Christmas time. But Nadia had seen a Barbie doll on the TV and she had a little girl, who, a friend who lived down the road from her who had a Barbie doll. But this Barbie doll was so precious that nobody else was allowed to touch it or play with it, only her friend, and they could sort of look at it from a distance. And they lived in an apartment block and Nadia said her friend used to sort of wave this Barbie doll out the window just for her to look at, but she wasn't allowed to play with it. Yeah, it was very sad. 
And, and Nadia uh, was in church one day and they were singing the song, Jesus Loves the Little Children, All the Children of the World. And she was nine years old. And in her uh, childish manner, she said to herself, well, God obviously doesn't love me because some children have toys and we don't have any. And I can understand that as a nine-year-old, can you? She felt that God didn't love her because they didn't have uh, nice things to play with. Well, guess what happened that year? Operation Christmas Child came along and all of Nadia's siblings received a shoebox. But not only that, do you know what was right on the top of Nadia's shoebox? A Barbie doll. And we've got a photo of Nadia coming up. This is Nadia uh, and now she lives, uh, she came as a Christian refugee to the States and she lives in Orlando with three children of her own and they pack shoe boxes for children overseas. Just an amazing story because she told me how it actually restored her faith in God. It was more than just a shoe box. She loved those gifts. She loved that Barbie doll and you know that Barbie doll stayed in Ukraine when she came to the States and Nadia didn't want to be like her friend she wanted to share she felt so excited she couldn't believe that complete strangers packed a shoebox for her and sent it over and she wanted to share that so she used to let her Barbie doll have sleepovers and so that Barbie would go to a different friend's place you know every weekend and that Barbie was left in Ukraine when she came here and something like 20 years later Nadia's mother was talking to someone in Ukraine recently and that Barbie doll is still having sleepovers at little little girls' houses. Isn't that amazing? You know, but that was the generosity that came out of it. But Nadia said, it was my reconnection with God. I knew, yes, God does love me. And not only that, he cares about something as simple as the fact that I really wanted a Barbie doll. You know, so when you're packing your shoe boxes, don't be afraid to pray and say, God, what should, I, what should I put in this? What is this little child receiving this shoe box? What do they really need? What do they want? And we certainly pray over all your shoe boxes before we send them away. So what comes out of a shoe box is the reassurance to a child that God does love them. And time and time again, recipients tell me about a sense of care that comes from opening that shoebox. And I could tell you story after story after story. We could be here all day. I won't do that. But just of, of, of children receiving the right gift at the right time. You know, someone turning up without shoes and there's a pair of sandals at the top of the shoebox. Uh, a little boy who was vision impaired and uh, received a magnifying glass on the top of his shoebox to help him to see what was in that. You know, just so many stories of things that we could not orchestrate that if we tried. But what else comes out of a shoebox? First of all, God's love and God's reassurance that he is with that child despite their circumstances. But also, you may not know that um, aid and development projects come out of your shoebox. When we give shoeboxes, and I've had people who are a little bit cynical say to me, well, Mark, kids need more than a shoebox. You know, and I think that's true. But hey, what's wrong with giving a child who's never received a gift a shoebox full of gifts. You know, I don't have a problem with, with giving them joy, but we realise that they need more than that. And so what we do is the shoeboxes 
uh, build trust in country with the government officials, with the community leaders, with the local church leaders and pastors. And that gives us an opportunity then to say, hey, what else do you need? Can we help you with anything else? And Samaritan's Purse uh, builds schools, we build medical and birthing clinics, we help with um, fresh water, biosand filters, uh, water pumps, uh, water wells, we help with self-migration uh, programs and projects, we help with farming projects. There's lots of things that we do um, outside of the shoeboxes. And I want to just tell you the story of one camp. Cambodian farmer that I met last year while I was in Cambodia and uh, he's, he's uh, 67 years old and you can see the veggie patch behind us there. This man at 67 and, and I asked uh, Andrew if we could have a couple of uh, helpers so if we got a, a couple of children one in grade uh, six and one in grade two I think I asked for. Are they here our helpers? If you would come up. Thank you. I, I wanted to sh give you a demonstration of what this Cambodian farmer did every day for 60 years of his life, 60 times a day. What's your name? Caitlin. Caitlin, thank you for helping us. And what's your name? Isaac. Thank you very much. Let's see. Caitlin, I'm going to give you the big stick. This is the way they collect water in countries overseas. So I want you to put that behind your head. Wonderful. You know what to do already. Uh, and we're going to put those buckets on there. And Isaac, can I get you to do the same thing? Can you do that behind your head? Your stick's a bit bendy, so it's not quite as easy. Let's put that one on there. And that one on there. Now, I want you to walk to the wall and back if you can. Just be careful, Caitlin, that you don't poke anyone in the eye. There we go. Now, the actual distance that this Cambodian farmer had to walk was, you know, from here, way outside the end of the building. It was quite a distance that he walked. I'll help you there, Isaac, because that's what happens quite a lot. You can imagine that you've just walked down on a very hot day in Cambodia to get some water and, and you filled up your bucket and then it tips off the end, what happens? That's your fresh water, you have to go back and start again. So keep going and if you can come back here, Caitlin. Caitlin's got a nice easy um, <laughs> stick here, well done. But sometimes what happens in, with uh, Isaac's case, and he is demonstrating this beautifully, it's not always that easy and so if you're not feeling well, or if you've got a bendy stick like this, or some reason that it's difficult, uh, you might at times decide that you need a bit of help. Where is your help going to come from? It's going to come from your children, and you might keep them home from school, because actually drinking fresh water is a matter of life and death, and more important than going to school. And so that means sometimes they're, <laughs> they're schooling. Thank you, Isaac. You're actually demonstrating what I wanted you to. So can we thank... Uh, the, the, these two, thank you very much. Thank you. Great job. So this Cambodian farmer walked quite a distance, 60 times a day in the Cambodian heat, and that was easy because the buckets were empty, but once they're full of water, they're actually heavy and difficult to carry, 40 times a day. He did that to reach that veggie patch so that he could water them to have food. 
for his family and for their community. And when we talked to him, he said, I can't sustain this. I'm 67 now, I can't keep doing this. And so what we did was we installed a water pump. And basically, I mean, to see, the Cambodians are very reserved people and they don't show a lot of emotion. Beautiful, beautiful people. But he stood there and I had a school group with me and he just pumped that lever like that and showed them how the water came up and it just filled up the buckets and all he did, had to do then was walk along and water. Uh, he, he actually got emotional when he was showing us how it worked. And out of that veggie patch, they had such great productivity that not only was he able to feed his family, but he also was, they were able to sell veggies uh, in the local community and he built, built a little house for his family. Um, now, it's you know, very humble by our standards, but it was a little thatched roof, uh, sort of like a kind of shed on stilts. Um, you know, and that gave him a lot of comfort and reassurance that he was able to provide for his family as he was getting older. There's no superannuation, there's no pension. He's relying on you know, what he can do physically. So that's just one thing that Samaritan's Purse was able to do. We do lots of other projects. Um, just in Cambodia in the last five years, we've built 20 schools. And it's absolutely amazing. I've been there to see their original school and it'd be what we would call a rundown farm shed. You know, it's a few um, palings, there's water. When the rain season comes, the water comes in, the kids can't come to school because it's wet and muddy. And so we've built uh, 20 schools there and we're still building more. And not only the schools, but we resource them with staff and curriculum and tablets. So for me, it's a great joy to go and see what was once a farm shed and now see a school and see the kids with, uh, you know, electronic tablets and books and staff. And we had one principal uh, at a school and he was going really well and getting great results with the literacy and the numeracy went up by 67% in that area because of the work that we were doing. Uh, so that was amazing. But he said to us, we're very surprised, oh, I, can't, I can't do this anymore, I'm going to take a job in the city. And we said, well, we thought you were happy and you know, we thought this was working really well. And he said, it is and I love it, but I've got five children and the wages that are paid for teachers in Cambodia, I can't afford to, to su sustain my family on this wage. So we said, well, what can we do to help? And he needed a side income, if you like, that generated some extra money so he could keep doing what he was good at and what he loved doing. So we bought him some frogs and uh, he, he started a frog farm, which we went to visit. And it was, you know, all these slimy frogs in pretty brown water. It looked fairly disgusting. But they sold these frogs for $2 a kilo at the market. And that was enough to supplement his income and he was able to stay there. The only downside to that story is that guess what I had for tea that night? <laughs> I would have been all right if I hadn't have seen their growing conditions. But, um. <laughs> so what comes out of a shoebox is aid and development countries all around the world, but particularly for Australia, we operate in the Asia Pacific. So Papua New Guinea, Fiji, Vanuatu, Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, and basically wherever else. Last year we sent a container of shoeboxes to Ukraine, this year Philippines. You know, I don't know where they'll go this year's shoeboxes, but it doesn't really matter, does it? It's all God's people. So these aid and development projects come out as well. So we've got 
a reassurance of children that God loves them, feeling that someone else cares about them, just a joy of receiving a gift. We've got the aid and development projects. But we also do something called the greatest journey. So with every shoebox that you give, you don't need to put anything um, religious in it. We put a, a little booklet called The Greatest Gift and it tells the story of Christmas and, and the story of Jesus. So every child gets that with their shoebox and every child gets a shoebox regardless of race, religion, gender, creed. We're not giving them out and saying you must take this booklet or you must do this course. We give them to everybody. But alongside that, we offer children the opportunity to do a 12-lesson discipleship program called The Greatest Journey. And we are seeing literally thousands of thousands of children come to know Christ personally because that really is the greatest gift of all, isn't it? We love to give them presents. I love it. But we really want to teach them about Jesus as well. And this, this discipleship program teaches them in their own language and in their own culture how to read the Bible, how to pray, what's important about going to church, how to share their faith. And we're partnering with the local pastors and church leaders to help them to grow the church. And um, earlier this year, I was looking for a, a conference centre to hold uh, one of our Samaritan's Purse conferences in. And I went to one in Kangaroo Ground and I had my T-shirt on that had our logo on. And while the lady was showing us around the conference centre, she said, oh, I know you, I know your, your ministry and what you do. And I said, well, tell me about it. And she said, I lived in Poland many years ago and we were part of the local church there. And Operation Child, Christmas Child came along and not only helped us with the gifts, but helped us to with discipleship tools to disciple our people we didn't have any resources we didn't have any books we didn't have any literature and you came along and not only that they were they were in a communist regime at the time as well that was 20 years ago she said the government gave you permission to give us this material which normally we wouldn't be allowed to give out and also also the government gave us contact names of people who might be interested you know so isn't that amazing that the government was helping uh, to evangelize um, you know 20 years ago and she actually became emotional as she was talking to me and she said Marg you've got no idea how that helped us the church in Poland to grow people in their faith it gave us tools isn't that amazing and I thought I'd show you a story about how um, the, the, the journey of a shoebox works through The Greatest Journey. So this is something for the kids as well. It's an animated version. Every shoebox gift starts its journey with individual love. And each item packed an expression of that love. From there, it finds its way to a drop-off location with thousands of these centers located all over the world. Trucks then transfer the shoebox gift to processing centers where they will be inspected and prayed for by volunteers. Then they're loaded onto containers heading overseas covering thousands of miles. At port, the shoebox gifts resume the journey on ground. Some by road and some by trail, concluding their journey at a local church. Each shoebox gift is given to a child in need. Love has traveled many miles to bless that one child. Each shoebox gift is an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus with a child. 
The child is then invited to attend a follow-up discipleship program where they will grow in their faith. After graduating from the Greatest Journey Discipleship Program, children will be equipped to share the truth and love of the gospel to family and friends, multiplying the body of Christ all over the world. And I've seen uh, a teacher in Africa running a class uh, of the greatest journey and it was just amazing to see it adapted into their culture so they sang their songs and told their stories and used their language and their cultural references to teach the, these children uh, about faith in Christ and and how they can grow and how they can share their faith and I met a young man called Alex uh, in Rwanda and he'd had a horrific background his he had seen his parents and grandparents killed in front of him um, by militia. He'd been put in an orphanage with his brother. Uh, he went to actually live with his aunt for a while until she got a terminal disease and died. And so the two of these children at nine years and 11 years old are put into an orphanage. And again, he's run wondering, well, God, where are you? Where are you in this? Operation Christmas Child came along. He, re he received a gift. He remembers very well uh, the items in it, right down to the fact that he's had some dental floss in it. He wasn't quite sure what it was for, but he remembers it being there. But he said the thing that came out of it was the greatest gift and the greatest journey and this reminder that God loves him and God has not forgotten him. God has not abandoned him. God cares for him and that helped to reignite his faith. And he now works for us. Us, uh, and he goes around the world sharing the gospel and promoting the work of Operation Christmas Child. And he also has been back to the orphanage that he grew up in and uh, shared the gospel there. He's been back to the prison and met the person who killed his grandmother right in front of his eyes and prayed a prayer of forgiveness with him. That's what comes out of a shoebox, folks. It really is good news and great joy. I just are we able to show the next video, Sam? Yeah, this is a video of how the greatest journey worked uh, for one particular family and group in in Ukraine. Thank you. И тяжело им прожить это все. Какая у них жизнь? Сложно жить, потому что они неграмотные. Из-за неграмотности они не могут устроиться на работу. Родители многие сами не пускают детей в школу, потому что они их заставляют работать на перспективу о том, что ребенок без образования не имеет будущего. Как раз э, подарки сумки Самарянина, пособие великое, великое путешествие, напрямую отсутствует э, их развитию. Ромские дети, так же самое, как и украинские дети, и дети на всей земле, тоже любят подарки и хотят их получать. Да, слава Господу, что есть такие братья, что 
помогаете с этими подарками нашими детьми. Но Бог через людьми, через человека может людей изменять. Я очень рад, что есть такие люди, которые помогают нам. Путая с Ромами, мы напрямую используем пособие величайшее путешествие для того, чтобы научить деток читать. В будущем это очень сильно поможет, напрямую даже, я бы сказал бы так, поможет детям в их жизни. Это пособие, оно вырабатывает в сердце ребенка и его сознание любовь к Богу, любовь друг к другу, к себе подобным. Я воровал, и с этого я жил. Я принял позже, как... А я не хотел покаяться. Я выпивал очень тяжело, ну, страшно выпивал. Слава Богу, что люди меняются. Я обещал Богу, пока жить буду, Ему буду служить. Руслан – это внук пастора Евгения. Он э, грамотный, он учится в школе, э, он прошел эту программу. Эдик, он э, не умеет читать, э, и поэтому внук Руслан читает ему Библию. Тогда мы из Русланчиком садимся, и он читает, а я начинаю людям объяснять. Слава Господу, что Господь Бог пользует меня и моего унучку. Потому что, что бы ни произошло, что бы, что бы ни произошло, я знаю, что Бог со мной. Бог меня не оставляет, и мою хату не оставляет, и мой табор не оставляет. Это участие в чем-то большем. В том процессе, который мы иногда даже не понимаем, а мы участвуем в изменении судеб людей. Меня используют для, в этом плане, используют сумку самарянина в этом плане, вас используют в этом плане. Я сейчас очень рад, что мои дети, мои внуки растут по Божьей благодати. Isn't that powerful that Pastor Eugenie's grandson, Roslan, is learning how to understand the Bible and how to read the Bible, and then he is reading it and teaching his grandfather, who's able to pass those skills back to his church. It's really quite profound. And can I encourage you young people, you might be sitting here today and you might be inspired to say, I'd like to get more involved in this. You can do a similar thing in your, your schools and your youth groups and your communities. Uh, you can join uh, what's a part of our team. We have what's called church and community relations team members, and we train you to do presentations 
presentations and to go and share uh, the ministry that we do in your environment. So if you'd like to be involved in that, please talk to Carol or uh, come and talk to me afterwards. We have lots of uh, team roles that you can play. You can be uh, a prayer team member. This ministry is soaked in prayer. You can see how vital that is. Uh, so you can be part of that. You can be part of the logistics team, which is what Richard and Jenny do in helping us to get the shoe boxes in and, and get them overseas. Or you could be someone that might like to uh, work with schools and youth and churches and do presentations. Or you can pack a shoebox. You know, it's, it's as simple as that. It's such an easy ministry to be involved in, and yet it's so powerful and so effective. And to see Ruslan and Pastor Eugenie like that, it really... I've seen that video many times and it moves me to tears nearly every time. And worldwide, 11 million children have enrolled in the greatest journey since 2009. That's an amazing harvest field, isn't it? Every 24 hours around the world, 30,136 children come to know Jesus as their saviour. Every day, over 30,000. Yeah, if that was any other ministry, we would be shouting from the rooftops, wouldn't we? Saying, look at this harvest field. And I don't want us to overlook that because these are children, they are not as important or not as significant. Every minute around the world, four children come to faith in Christ. So in the time that I finish my message, 120 children will have come to faith in Christ. I don't know if you know it or not, but you're an evangelist sitting right there in your seat. If you've ever packed a shoebox for Operation Christmas Child, you are an evangelist. What you put into a shoebox is, is so generous and so important, but what comes out of it is amazing. And children are coming to faith. And not only the children, but as you saw on the video, their families. Again, I could tell you story after story where a young person has come to faith and they've gone back to their families and that's had an impact on them and then that's had an impact on the broader community. And we'll finish with a video shortly that will show you that effect. So our work starts with a shoebox. It continues with aid and development programs and it has eternal impact through the greatest journey. And in case you forgot, thought I forgot to have some scripture in this message, I didn't, but I just wanted the impact of it to be last because this is my personal mission statement. It's, it's really undergirded everything I do in my life, but it's also what we do at Samaritan's Purse. And it's Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. It says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them everything I have commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And remember, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. You are an evangelist if you've ever packed a shoebox. The love and the prayer and the care that you have shown has been transported overseas to children and their families and communities. One of our local Papua New Guinea pastors says this, I speak less words, the shoebox speaks more than words. And I love that. You know, Francis of Assisi says, preach the gospel often and if necessary, use words. It's, it's so true, isn't it? I, I just love it. 
So just, just in closing, um, before my final remarks, I wanted to show you a video. I know that, uh, Andrew, you're connected to Papua New Guinea. I've been uh, connected there for many years with uh, work there in the local churches and, and development work, and certainly uh, Operation Christmas Child are involved there. And this is how shoeboxes have affected them through the greatest journey. opportunity that Operation Christmas Child has given us as a local church is, is tremendous. It's given us a bridge to connect with communities that we would not have an opportunity to minister to. Here at Sabusa, in the middle of the community which is called Goilala, most people in our city and the government, they thought they are the worst people. Criminals living around here, and then this was their hiding place too. The poverty within the settlement is very, very high. There's no proper running water. There's no proper sewage systems. So it looks like nobody cares about them. We see OCC as a tool to enable us in the work of the, of the local churches to reach out to the children and start rebuilding from the kids. We've got water projects, we've got health projects. So through the Operation Christmas Child Shoebox, it also empowers us as local pastors to bring development, to bring something special into the community. I'm standing here in front of uh, Sabusa Foursquare Church, and it's a result of the Operation Christmas Child Boxes, and we also have 23 other churches like this one that we planned around origin. Before, we never had church like this, but when they start bringing these sheep boxes, giving it to children, and then they encourage big people to come to church, and they change their life just because of small ones coming. We thank God that this year we commenced TGJ, The Greatest Journey, which is a fantastic discipleship program, and they've done a wonderful and a fantastic job and make the, the gospel more relevant to the children. It starts with the shoebox and ends up with a child with a Bible in their head, knowing Jesus. Over 50% of the children that undertook the study gave their lives for the first time to Jesus Christ. I learned about God created heaven and earth. I learned more about Jesus' love for me. I learned Jesus is my friend. Now we have this church here. People start changing their lives. It gives me an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to these children and to the villages. I speak less words. The box speaks more than words. <laughs> we have a gift that no one can refuse. you can help us preach the gospel by packing a shoebox. So can I encourage you, 
you know, keep packing shoeboxes yourself, but grab a friend, make them an evangelist too. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm always looking for ways. How can I get other people packing shoeboxes? It's just a fantastic ministry. And Jim and I have just come back from a holiday in Japan. And of course, we did a traditional Japanese tea ceremony. So when I got back, I thought, mm, how can I turn this into shoeboxes? Uh, I know, I'll invite my friends over for a tea ceremony and they can all pack a shoebox. <laughs> well, you know what? Just think of creative ways. Grab your grandkids take them shopping, grab a friend from school or from youth group or, you know, just play groups love this ministry, uh, mops groups love this ministry. Just grab somebody, encourage them about the good news and the great joy that comes out of a shoebox. So just in closing before I pray, can I encourage you, keep packing shoeboxes, keep praying for the children and keep preaching the gospel. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this church and I thank you for their faithfulness in being evangelists, not only through shoeboxes, but through many of the other uh, programs and projects that they run. And I just pray that you'll continue to bless them and guide them in that. I pray that uh, you'll inspire us to make shoeboxes. And there's a finite limit on what we can do and our resources. So I pray that you'll give us opportunities to encourage others to make shoeboxes too. It's such a simple thing to do. And I thank you for the great impact that it has uh, in bringing great joy to children, great excitement in receiving a gift, also for the impact of the aid and development programs, and, and most significantly, Lord, for the eternal impact. And so we thank you for the many children that have gotten saved, even as we've been sharing this morning, and I pray that you continue to bless each shoebox donor and each shoebox recipient. And I ask it in your name. Amen. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> Praise God, hey? Praise God for what's happening and uh, thank you for coming. I just want to read from Matthew 25 just as the band comes up. Uh, Matthew 25 says, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to them on his right hand, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And you know, we live in a world that is hungry and thirsty and broken. And God wants us to, to share food, water and clothing with those people no matter what. But I think what a joy to be able to do it in a way that then presents the gospel and the love of Jesus to people too. And we're privileged to be able to be a part of that ministry. Seeing in Papua New Guinea, the places I've gone, and seeing communities just like that that have received those boxes and the way it's transformed the people, it, it does amazing things. Um, I know others that have, that have been there and done those things. And the youth did an amazing job a couple of years ago. They uh, started the, the project trying to get 500 boxes from Colac. And yeah, as Mark said, what can we do to help expand the impact of what they're doing through Operation Christmas Child? But also, how can we carry on that same heart here in Colac in our day-to-day -day lives? Let's carry that on in every moment of our lives, everywhere we go, to have that love of God for people no matter what. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand and we're going to finish with this song this morning. Maybe this morning is something we've been sharing as you've heard about the love of God and how it transforms people's lives. Maybe even this morning you're thinking, well, I need to know Jesus in my life. And if that's you this morning, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. You've never said, thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me on the cross. 
Even as we sing this song, I encourage you to cry and say, God, I'm sorry for my sin. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sin, that I can have a new life because of you. Let's sing this and let's thank him for all that he's done this morning.